Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 15th of June. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1215. And we travel to England where the energetic leadership of Archbishop Stephen Langton forced the cruel King John to grant his seal to the Magna Carta at Runnymede near Windsor on the banks of the River Thames. At nearly 4,500 words long, at least in the English translation of the original Latin, the Magna Carta is seen as an important symbol of liberty today. It is held in great respect by the British and the American legal communities and seen by some as the greatest constitutional document of all times. It influenced the early American colonists in the 13 colonies and the formation of the United States Constitution which became the supreme law of the land in the new republic of the United States of America. It enshrined the contemporary powers of parliament and legal principles such as habeas corpus. This required a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into court, especially to secure the person's release unless lawful grounds should be shown for their detention. Applying for a writ of habeas corpus is an important safeguard against unlawful and indefinite imprisonment. Although research by Victorian historians showed that the original 1215 Charter had concerned the medieval relationship between the monarch and the barons rather than the rights of ordinary people, the Charter remains a powerful and iconic document even after almost all of its content was repealed from the statute books in Britain in the 19th and the 20th centuries. Magna Carta was first drafted by the Archbishop of Canterbury, Stephen Langton, to make peace between the unpopular king and a group of rebel barons. It promised the protection of church rights, protection for the barons from illegal imprisonment, access to swift justice and limitations on feudal payments to the crown. And four days later, by the 19th of June, the rebels renewed their oaths of loyalty to John and copies of the charter were formally issued. There are four copies of the original manuscript left, two at the British Library, one at Lincoln Castle and one at Salisbury Cathedral. However, trust between the sides was very low, which is a great testament to Langton's skill in reconciling them. But neither side would honour their commitments, and less than three months after it had been agreed, the Charter would be annulled by Pope Innocent III, leading to the First Barons' War. The Pope would also excommunicate King John and place all of England under an interdict, which stopped people from attending Mass, It wasn't until the coronavirus outbreak that public daily mass had been suspended. See the pod of March the 24th. Langton was a cunning political operator. He was responsible for the recall of the papal legate, and during his life, no other one had resided in England, thus strengthening the position of the Archbishop of Canterbury to be a legatus natus, a legate in his own right. Stephen Langton is also credited with having divided the Bible into the standard modern arrangement of chapters which are used today. 
Classically, scrolls of the books of the Bible had always been divided by blank spaces, either at the end or the middle of the lines. However, Langton is believed to be the one who divided the Bible into the standard modern arrangement of chapters. He had earned a doctorate in arts and theology from Paris. And an important common edition of the Bible, a Vulgate, appeared from the University of Paris's theologians during the 13th century, with Langton working on the project himself. The Paris Vulgate served as the standard version for the next two centuries and was the first to be printed, not just hand-copied. And editions of the Bible from Johann Gutenberg's press were based on this revision. See the podcast of February the 3rd. While it was the French Dominican Cardinal Hugh de Cher who is known to have come up with a systematic division of the Bible, between 1244 and 1248. It is Langton's arrangement of the chapters that remains in use today. This was even adopted in the Hebrew canon or the Old Testament by the Jewish community about a hundred years later, with Rabbi Solomon ben Ishmael first placing the numerals of these chapters in the margin of a Hebrew text. In printed Bibles, this system made its first appearance in editions of 1518, the first two Bomberg editions. And Arius Montanus, in his Antwerp Bible, said that the Arabic numerals for all the verses were first placed against them in the margin, although this had been done on a more limited scale in the Baal Psalter of 1563. And the further division of the text was for liturgical purposes. All in all, we get a picture of how use of the Bible was widening in public liturgical ceremonies and the information was being reorganised to facilitate that. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at how John Henry Newman, while travelling on a ship from Italy to France, penned the words of a hymn, Lead Kindly Light, amid the encircling gloom and the extraordinary effect that that hymn has had on people's lives. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Visit us on www.pogp.net. If you'd like to contact us to request a topic or ask any questions, then email us on pogppod at gmail.com. Please subscribe if you have time, and have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.